Welcome to my podcast, where the truth is upheld and my life journeys are unveiled. It wasn't until the journey of marital separation that I truly began to look into the power of prophecy, the power of your tongue, speaking things into existence by way of the Holy Spirit. Of course, we know as believers in Christ that we can do nothing, nothing except the Lord God allows. But we also know that the prayers of a The fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. And we also know that we have the authority to ask God for anything that we would seek. And if it be in his will, it will be so. Guard your tongue. Watch your mouth. Guard your tongue. Watch your mouth. From a humanistic standpoint, it is known that there are waves of in the spiritual realm where you are able to put out negative or positive energy. But what the world lacks is substance behind that understanding. I believe in giving and exuding or receiving negative and positive energy. But what I also know is that there is an etymology to all things. There is a root to all things. So from a secular standpoint, where does that come from? When we look at the roots of Hinduism, some of the earliest means of channeling spirits, Egyptology, where does it come from? It stems from a source. What is it? It can't be humans, right? Because the world started off with one man and one woman and the world started off literally with one man. Who created the man? Where is the source? When you trace back behavior to the source, you will find that there is a need for you to understand that what you say and what you do will set a precipice for your future. You are not overriding God's sovereign will. Impossible. But what you will do is hinder your journey, hinder your walk by the things that you project. Why is that? Because the Lord God allows human beings to function out of a limited capacity of volition. Some people believe in free will. I say malarkey. There is nothing in life that's free. Absolutely nothing. It's a way for humans to believe that they have autonomy and we don't. But what I do believe and what I do understand is that humans are authored, are are given um, a reign by God to walk outside of a limited level of autonomy, a limited level. Why do I know it's limited? Because if nothing else, gravity impedes our ability to be free. If we wanted to jump in the air and float, we couldn't because gravity pushes us down. We're not free. Hello? Yeah, this is a radical episode here because we have to understand the true routing of the things that we think and say so that we can walk in freedom, so that we can walk in a measure of freedom to where we can say, oh my goodness, I once was bound, but now I'm found. I once was chained, but now I'm free. We know that there's limits to freedom. Let's just use the word as a common colloquialism that is known in communities all around the world. But we know from the root of it all that we are still subservient to whatever God's will is for us. Hello, I'm on a roll today. We've got to know to guard our tongues. 
Just here recently, there is something that I wanted to say in the spirit of God who reigns, rules, and abides in me told me not to say it. I'll take care of it. And do you know that thing was so? And when I saw that it was made manifest, I said, thank you, Lord. Because if it were me projecting my own understanding onto the situation, I could have caused caused some kind of quarrel. Because in hu- in the human experience, what we don't want, even those who are most receiving, is to feel as if another person is taking away our autonomy. Because all we really want to do is to be free. But the growth in the human experience comes from knowing that as we grow and we mature, we understand our boundaries within the realm of freedom. And we understand then how to use the anatomy of our body to the best benefit of ourselves. And thus as believers, then it will become pleasing to God when we understand the functionings of how God created us and the things that by right we are able to do with that understanding. I am so grateful for the Holy Spirit's leading and the understanding that I am getting more and more the downloads that I am getting from the Holy Spirit on the where, whens, whys, and hows of this life and how to go through this thing that we call life. How to go through this thing called life. To be quite honest, from a human standpoint in today, 2023, April 19th, 2023, I honestly don't want to be free of God's reigning and control over my life. I am fine with the authorship of the Lord God Almighty being the headship of my life. I am fine being subservient to God's will. I am fine being led by the Holy Spirit and the little minutia of of freedom that I do have oftentimes is more than enough because if we are left to ourselves long enough, we will mess up and we'll, we will take three steps back when we were just getting ready to take one step forward. I know, I know somebody understands what I'm saying. Watch who we are around. What are you listening to? As we grow and we mature, we find out that even the best of the best, if they are not feeding us with the things that are said, if they are not supporting us by the actions that are done, if they are not lifting us up to the one God, Abba Father, in prayer, then we might have to rein it on back. Because in essence, then we become subservient to the works, opinions, and direction of man. And that's not what you want. When the Bible says leave and cleave, it's for a reason. The cleaving, the two becoming one in marriage, the purpose of that is for the woman and the man to leave their former way of thinking, their former um, headships. The word is slipping my mind right now, but they are to leave the covering, their former coverings of their parents. The man is to go go out and find his wife. Why? Because the man, in order for boys to become men, they need to have experiences where they can exercise the muscle of defense, of critical thinking. They need to man up, get some hair on their chest. 
They need to experience life away from a covering so that they can lead. Everything in life is done by order. Order. And when the order is out of order, you will feel it. That man comes and he decides on you. You don't have to be a choice. You don't have to be a choice on a buffet line. He needs to have a clear decision. He needs to choose you because he's decided that you are what he you are what he wants. You are what he wants. You don't need to be one of many. He needs to have decided. And through his journey of leaving and cleaving as he is going through the turbulence of life, Lord willing, he would be able to be sharpened enough, go through enough experiences, hit his head enough, grow enough to when he finds his wife, he has decided that she, compared to the road and the journey that it took to get to her, is what he is deciding on. I'm speaking to women right now, whether you are married or not, don't cheat the man out of his God-given experience to leave and cleave. He must go on the journey. He must go on the journey. You cannot hold his hand. And though you may feel like he needs you, what he really needs is another alpha. He needs another lion. He needs another, another grizzly bear. He needs another King Cobra. He needs another of his same gender. And for the sake of the animal kingdom of his same species, wired the same way with the same natural defense mechanisms to support him along the way. But what we will do as women is we will curtail his growth and complain about his defunct patterns of behavior later on. For you men that are listening to this this episode on this podcast, when you leave the covering of your home and you enter into the world to journey through, and by right, the end of your journey should be leading you to your God-given spouse, Take every single circumstance seriously. What can you learn from it? How can you apply the victory or the defeat to your next level of your journey? So that when you are led to your wife by way of the Holy Spirit, you have gained enough knowledge You have grown enough out of the defensive mechanisms of a boy into the responses of a man so that you can actually be able to cleave with your wife instead of working against the woman because you have not matured. No boy wants to literally be married to their mom. But if the boy hasn't grown up, he will see his his wife as his mother and there'll be a problem every time she has something to say because he hasn't taken ownership in his manhood. No woman wants to be married to a father. A woman wants to be married to someone who she feels protected and respected by, not con- controlled and condoned. The defense to my statement may be, oh, I had a loving father. I had a, okay, well, you also don't want to be married to a man that you're comparing to your father 
Because your father should have been the example for then you to go and be able to receive or be received by your husband and be able to come together as one. And then the two of you walk in the newness of experience. I know many of people in my life who have had this um, loving, quote unquote, relationship with their fathers or their male figures, and they have gotten married and given those um emotional vibes that should have been given to their husband, they have still been yoked with their father figure. There can be one lion and one lioness in your home. Having one lion and multiple lionesses will cause a quarrel. Vice versa, having one male or having one wife, excuse me, contending against the male ego of a father and a brother and a beloved uncle and a grandfather or whomever, it will cause some contention in your household. Letting go. That's why it's so important for mothers to raise their daughters to be women from the time the girls are little girls. We're not raising children as their children. You're preparing them for life. So children who are children should be raised to think, have a higher order of thinking past their developmental age so that they will then be able to apply themselves. By the time a child is 18, we shouldn't be having children to be having a hand on, to be coddled and protected and babied until they're 18 with small doses of autonomy and responsibility, and then poof, 18, you graduate from high school and you're grown. The child's body has already told them from puberty, from 10 to 14, 10 to 16, that there is a next level that they are wanting to experience. But if they have not been shaped, if they have, if the guided participations of the the child development hasn't happened in a way that's conducive to that child, you will have an 18-year-old child when really you want to have an 18-year-old young adult. The only way you can survive in this life and actually bring forth fruit is to think ahead. I'm passionate about this, y'all. This episode is coming from learned experiences in life. And the humble experience that I just had really struck a nerve for what is needed, for what is needed in the union of marriage, for what is needed in the oneness with the Lord God, for what is needed in parenting, for what is what is an under, what is needed in the understanding of the way that that we survive this life if you don't know how to think critically you will not survive if you don't know how to think critically you will not survive this life and better yet the, the word choice from me may not be survive because you can survive something half-heartedly. How about thrive? If you don't know how to critical think and the muscle of critical thinking is not sharpened with you, an adult person, thriving in this life will be very difficult. Who just wants to survive? Surviving is enough, but thriving is even better. Let us have a goal to thrive in life, thrive in relationships, thrive in parenting, 
thrive in financial growth, thrive in educational means, thrive in our understanding of how to humbly and respectably under God move in a world system that is not conducive to thriving for the mass population and is and the smoke and mirrors are there to keep us bound in our thinking and misinformations and a world system for believers in Christ that is definitely definitely not wired for Christ likeness and the oneness thereof we must work together moving forward in a mindset where we are wanting to thrive in life and bringing all things back to the root. What position do you play? Master that. And before all things, your vertical relationship with the Lord God, relationship must come first. Humanism is never the ultimate goal of the believer in Christ. It is better to have nothing and have a strong relationship with the Lord than to gain the acquisition of material things and it be like crumbling sand because your foundation was weak. How many people, the greatest case study, I say this all the time, the greatest case study of a weak foundation and the acquisition of of wealth to the default of the joy that comes with the peace in Christ are those who are in Hollywood. Are those who have placed material things above the basic ethos of the human experience, which is to eat, live, breathe, rejoice in the Lord and be glad to love one another as Christ has first loved us. The basics. But if you're doggy dog in this world going after material things and the acquisitions thereof, there it is virtually impossible for you to have a we center because you must be honed in on the I. We can attest to that, the average person, anyone who's been to school, past middle school, so high school and up, high school, college, secondary school, higher degrees, graduate degrees, anyone who has had the ec- educational experience where you've had to study and you've you've done that wholeheartedly, you don't have time for much. If you're used to kicking it and going out, if you're used to having free time to lallygag around, if you're serious about those studies, all those things have to be set aside so you can hone in on your ultimate goal, which is to complete that course and to have studied and gained enough information so that you can pass the test. Can you imagine a lifetime of doing that to acquire physical things and not being able to just enjoy the simple things in life? People say marriage is hard. I've not said out of my mouth that marriage in and of itself is hard. Because what I do understand in the journey that I've been on, with coupled with my understanding of marriage, when things are in order, you don't have the weight. Marriage is hard when you're not free. Marriage is hard when you're bound to you. But there's liberty in Christ. 
And there's order in God. God is all about order. And if we walk in the order, we know that we're to carry all of our burdens to the Lord and leave them there. We're to take up our cross daily and examine ourselves. All of that, those things are measures of offloading in the spiritual realm. So what's hard about that? The hardest thing is for us to not look inward to our own understanding and operate out of our own understanding. That's hard. But marriage in and of itself is not hard. And the selflessness of marriage is not hard if you understand it. If God has allowed your heart to be changed in a way to where you understand that it's not about you. I've had, I've gone through difficult seasons in marriage. Absolute difficult seasons in marriage. And Lord willing, as I continue to grow in this journey, I am hoping to unveil more of those absolutes with you. Coupled with my God-given spouse. That is my hope because somebody needs to hear his story and not just mine to put the pieces together and to, to give you an understanding from our journey, how this thing right here, but the grace of God, there is no understanding. There is absolutely no sense, absolutely no sense to be made as to how and why this marriage is surviving but the grace of God but the surrender but the order when God is in control you don't have to be in control so therefore you don't even need to understand you just need to obey and abide and whatever the Holy Spirit is letting you telling you to do do it but do it without a haughty spirit because you don't know I don't know we don't know so when you don't know God says now you know When you don't know, now you know. I know Biggie Small said it. When you don't know, now you know, you know, you know. But God says, when you don't know, now you know. After you've done all you can, just stand. Bring your burdens over to me. Bring me your heavy loads. I'll take them. When you don't know, now you know. Now you know that you don't know. So operate thereof in a spirit of humbleness. In a spirit of humbleness. This journey called life is something else. It's an awesome experience. That's all we can say. This life is but a a vapor. It's an experience. It's an awesome experience. Don't let it go to waste. Take every day as a blessing. Some people didn't get to breathe this air today. Some people don't even have hearing to hear these words. Take every day as a blessing and let's use all of life's circumstances, good and bad, right and wrong, up and down. Let's use it all to the glory of God by using our experience, by applying our experiences to the human experience as we walk and talk with one another. We grumble and gripe. We complain. That's being human. But the joy is when those things don't overtake you and your spirit becomes grieved when you're operating out of that inward reflection of complaining and grief. That means you're turning that load onto yourself instead of exhaling it out of you. Sometimes less is more. I say that all the time. I've never been rich, but I haven't always been poor. But boy, this journey has brought me to the to the the 
one of the closest seasons of the reality of poverty in my life. But the joy, the joy to know that I don't have to um, be succumbed to a dying marriage where in a season my spouse was unwilling to do the work. The joy of knowing that I can lean in on the Holy Spirit and ask God and believe that all things are possible in Christ Jesus. I know that I can believe that God is going to make a way. I know that I can believe that if I ask, it shall be given to me according to God's will. And if his will, the Lord God's will is the best for us, how can we go wrong? Sometimes less is more. You really get to know what you're made of when what you know, what you knew has been taken from you has been ripped from under your feet or God has parted the Red Sea and called you to literally leave all that you know and trust him. Light by day, cloud by night, cloud by day, light by night, manna falling from heaven, water out of a rock. Wow. Life. (laughs) Nas once said, life, I wonder, will it take me under? I don't know. You know what? There is a possibility that this thing that we call life will definitely get the best of us. But take us under? Mm -mm. You know what that means? The undertoes in the water when you're swimming or you're you're in a body of water and the currents and the un, and and the currents pull you down because you're just fighting against them fighting against them hey but I'm here to tell you the eye of the storm the eye of the storm there is peace when all hell is breaking loose around you the eye of the storm you're still in a storm you're still in life the storms and the Currents of life are still raging, but you have settled in the eye of the storm. And if the birds can do that, if the birds in the air can sense when a storm is coming miles away and find some type of safety and shelter underneath your rafters, rafters under a tree, they fold their wings, they tuck their heads in and allow their wings to cover up their heads because God has designed their wings to be waterproof and the water will roll right off of them and they know how to survive. How in the world then do we walk around as the head of life, the head of the food chain man, trying to figure out how to survive? I could tell you how. It goes back to the rootings of life. Order. Order. Supervision. I'm getting ready to drop an episode about Cain and Abel. And just to give you a, a sneak peek preview, there is no way in the world that I believe in my mind, in the limited knowledge that I have of the exposition of the word of God and the way it's been presented to us as Americans in our American Bible. When I read the Bible and I understand that Cain 
had to be of a of an mature age, whatever that age may be, let's say 12 and over, a mature age to have gone out to work in the field and despisingly duped his brother into coming into a space to kill him out of jealousy for his brother because his parents, Adam and Eve, favored Abel's sacrifice. There is no way, as now a parent of two children who squibble and squabble and scattle and bobble all day long, that those parents didn't know, Adam and Eve didn't know, that Cain had a vengeant heart towards Abel. So why were they allowed to go out in the field together anyway? When, when the children that God has blessed me with, now I'm going a whole nother level in this episode, but you know what? That's fine. I'm going to drop that episode next because it's already ready. Hello. When the, ch- when the children that God has blessed my spouse and I with, when they're squabbling and squibbling, I'm not turning my back on them. And going about my way. And when I do, and that's funny because that was just my test here recently. When I do, my spirit is grieved because I know that I need to be interjecting in a way that I don't feel like it. My selfish nature is so sick of whatever the behavior is that if I walk away from it, I know that I'm turning my back on them in the moment. And anything could happen. One could knock the other upside the head, trip one another, whatever. But the point is that I knew. I grew up skibbling and squabbling with one of my siblings to the same degree of inner hatred that even a child doesn't understand with one of my siblings. And I could think of times where we would be fighting. We would fight at school. I remember the the teacher of the um principal of one of the schools, elementary schools we went to, she had us in the office. She didn't even know what to do with us. She's like, if I send you home, <laughs> I'm sending two assailants home together. You know, if I sent you home, but if I keep you here. Wow. I'm making no excuse for Cain. And I'm also making no excuse for Abel. Because in my mind, if Abel is of age and he knew that he had a very divisive and and wicked hearted brother. Either Abel's mind was 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 scathed with the with with simpletude to where he is expecting something that should not have been expected of his brother or not expecting something that should not have been not expected by his brother. At some point in time, when you grow and you know and you are being intuitive to who people really are. But that's the thing. You got to know you got to grow. You got to know and you got to grow. I'm not reading into the word, y'all. I am I am talking about a human experience that I can connect to as both the perpetrator and the one that God has given charge to make provision and protection over. 
I was once the perpetrator, the child who would bicker and, 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 and be fussing with my sibling, outright fighting all over the place. But I now God has given me the responsibility to be the protector. And to be careful in my watch as I see the sin that makes manifest in the children that God has given us to raise, but for God has given us, blessed us with, but specifically for me to raise as the mother and the stay-at-home mother. It is my job to identify the sin and make sure that I'm making wise decisions as not to allow the children to be in a position to where they can kill one another. Lord, have mercy. Lord God, you hear my words. If I'm reading into the word of God, let the listener go and examine this for themselves. We got some work to do, y'all. We have some work to do. Open up your eyes. Wake up. Follow me on TikTok. Advocate for truth. Follow me on YouTube. Advocate for truth 82. The same photo that's on this profile picture for the podcast is the same photo that I use on YouTube. And on TikTok, TikTok, the photo is of a cloud. But I am the only advocate for truth on on TikTok. Check me out, y'all. Listen to some of my social media posts where I actually am able to uh, post a video. A quick 15 second, 60 second reel. And give you thoughts as I go on throughout the day. The Bible has so much, a wealth of knowledge. And I said in a former podcast that I'm not so interested in dropping scripture. I'm giving you the answer. Go find it for yourself. Genesis 1 through 10, go find it for yourself. Trace back to the origin. That's not what I'm here for. I want to deliver from a lay man's, a lay woman's standpoint, this human experience as I've learned it, as I've walked through it, as I'm learning it. And I'm not here to preach or teach, but by way of of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, whenever you are giving your testimony, because that's what I'm doing, I'm giving my testimony in these episodes. Whenever one gives their testimony, out of many things, for me, what sticks into my mind, three things will happen. God will be glorified. Our human ability will be cast down because we know we are nothing outside of the Lord God. And the leading of the Holy Spirit will be magnified because we know that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. But who? what is the vessel? What's the compass? It's the Holy Spirit. And in all things, giving your testimony to man, it should be because you have identified your need for a savior, Jesus Christ, in the Christocentric, Christ, about Christ's gospel of the word of God. And therefore, you can look at 
the experiences of, of what God has allowed to be made manifest for us to know. We're not talking about any hoopla about a lost book of the Bible. Whatever God wanted us to know within the pages of the 66 books of the Bible is what he wanted us to know. Any other man- manuscripts, any other manuscripts are just that. Manuscripts, appreciate them. But what God wanted us to know in the 66 books of the Bible is what he wanted us to know. And when the Holy Spirit dwells in you and reveals things to you, you won't need someone to tell you a Bible verse because you'll have the unction to go do the work for yourself. So I'm bearing witness with my testimony to you. And as you grow and you walk and you get to know the Lord God and the Holy Spirit is leading you, all things will come to pass. And all that you've heard, you believer in Christ, you pew sitter, you lay, you lay person, all that you've sat and heard your entire life will begin, begin to become magnif- magnified in your mind. And you'll be able to connect the pieces to the verses that you've, re- that you've read about the biblical stories that you've heard and the teaching that has been taught to you and the preaching where the scripture has been exhorted to you and exposited and it will all begin to click. Everyone has a clicking moment. That's what you call transformation. Conversion is your clicking moment. People, Some people say they've been saved since they were a child. You were introduced as a child. But your conversion point is when you say, ah, ha, that makes sense. Ah, ha, I get it now. I get it now. Amen. The presence of the Lord is here, here in this place. Can't you feel the anointing? And his power come in his presence with singing and praise. Enter his courts with thanksgiving. The presence of the Lord is here, here in this place. Until next time. Live your life like it ends today. Love your neighbor like the Bible says. And pray your way into eternity. You never know. Jesus Christ might be coming today. Peace.